Welcome to the BAM Biz Talk Podcast. I'm Angel Garcia, your host from BAM Entrepreneurial Center, and I am here with Miss Becky Lee of Becky Lee's Hat Bar. Yes. Amazing. I've never heard of a hat bar, and I am so excited to find <laughs> out all about what a hat bar is and does. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here. Man, me too. Welcome to the show. So, Miss Becky Lee, mm-hmm. I guess for just first thing, what's a hat bar? Um, you I serve have, tequila? <laughs> you know what? I've had people stumble in and they're like, is a hat bar or where's the bar? <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> I was like, sorry. And I mean, I've, because we're located in downtown in the micro market, uh, building 112 South Lorraine street. Um, can't miss me because you could like follow the smell of burning fur and you can get to, you can get to my hat bar. But, uh, <laughs> I, there's a lot of great places, you know, downtown to eat yeah, and drink. And absolutely. so I'll occasionally get, you know, the occasional alcoholic stumbler Stumbling. in there and he was like, where's the hat bar? There's no, there's no alcohol in the hat bar. And they're like, Hey, does this hat make my butt look big? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, a little. A little. I, I think the tequila. <laughs> Your face look big. Your mouth look big. But whatever. <laughs> but yeah, so a hot bar is a wonderful place that you can come and um, customize your hat in almost any way imaginable. You can get any color hat you want. Uh, you can get any style hat you want. I do even do like custom hats from scratch so I can make them from scratch. But um, I get a lot of People, we even bring your, I have a bring your own hat option. So people. B-Y-O-H. I, it, yeah, B-Y-O-H. I, we actually do say that. <laughs> it's just, it makes me sad when people talk about how their hats are just sitting on their wall or they're like, oh, I bought this hat, but like it doesn't go with anything. So it just sits there or they have all these hats and then they don't wear them because it's just, it's not them. Um, I'm like, bring the hats. We'll make you. Yeah. We'll make it you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because we burn playing cards. You can add jewelry. You can add uh, scarves. Even if it's a brand new scarf, you can cut it up in my shop. We can cut it up. I was like, because somebody else is going to find that same scarf and want that scarf, and they're going to use that other half. I was gotcha. like, nothing goes to waste in my shop. So I had this uh, girl in last week, uh, the week before, because I was on vacation last week, the week before. And um, she was a teenager. Um, She's an excellent artist. And uh, if you go to her Instagram, you can see she actually drew um, the How to Train a Dragon on the front of her hat. And she did, she's into anime. She wanted certain designs on her hat. And I was like, I know my limitations. I can't draw anime. <laughs> I could draw a lot of stuff, but I can't draw anime. So um, she was doing that. And then, of course, How to Train Your Dragon is not anime, but she wanted that design because yeah. it's like her and her dad's thing. Um, and it was beautiful to um, just watch her just be focused on the hat mm. and watch it come um, to this beautiful end of this creation and seeing the talent just come out of her and uh, her mom was really appreciative because, she, you know, teenagers are, like, really hard to please. But she had, like, the best time. She was like, if you need an apprentice or ah, if you want me to come work. So and I awesome. was like, yeah. I was like, definitely. I was like, you can come, you're welcome to come anytime. You can be my hat artist, you know. And um, so she was really, really excited. But like we were talking earlier, you know, every hat I do has a story. Every day, Every hat. So it's like from every hat's unique, has its own story. Mm-hmm. Like it's tied to the person itself, how it was created, mm-hmm. how, if it was passed down from generations. Those are some of my favorites. Um, somebody will come in, like they'll come in, like a, this older lady, she came in and she made her hat and 
she loved it and she loved everything about it. And it's so funny. They try to give me all the credit and I'm like, you picked out all these things. These are the colors you were drawn to. All I did was put it together. Yeah. It, it, um, I, I mean, I really get a lot more credit than I really deserve. They, they put it, they, they put all the things that they want on it. And, um, as I'm talking to them and I get to know them, I kind of start to feel their vibe and mm-hmm. what, and then I see the things they picked and I kind of already can tell the direction. Right. And then I always say, let the hat tell us what yes. it wants. And so it's like bones yeah. thrown down. And- yeah. So I'm like, let the hat tell us what it wants. Yeah. So I start putting things on there and, and I'm like, don't be, I'm not, I won't get offended. Like, tell me if you don't like this, we could start it all over. I'll put hat pins and everything. So nothing's permanent until you're, you're, you're happy with it. Right. So, I mean, I've taken hats apart and put different ribbons on it we've gone a different direction than we thought but in the end it's it's what they they want right it's not about what whether i think it looks good whether um i would pick that hat or anything like that right. it's their style i mean you know you better than you nobody knows you better than you so um you know do do what you want as long as uh as you're happy with it because you're gonna wear it you're gonna want and yeah. um <laughs> And then their eyes light up when it's all put together and they're like, oh, my God, you did such a good job. Yeah. And I'm like, it wasn't me. I mean, I I literally I put it together. This is your creation. And, you know, they tell me what they want. They can brand it. And um, but this this older lady came in and she loved her hat. And uh, she was like, what else do you do? And I'm like, I do custom hats and I restore hats and I clean hats. And she was like, you know what? My grandfather's hat is up in the attic and. And uh, she was like, I'd really like to to do something with that. And I said, well, there's a lot of things we could do with it. You can bring it in. I can get it cleaned for you. And then uh, I can restore it if it needs some little restoration. Um, but you, you can maybe do a couple decorations or maybe brand it with your grandfather's initials. And then it could be a showpiece in your living room where people are seeing it all yes. the time. And she was like, oh, I love that idea. And yes. so so we're doing that. I had a, another older lady. Um she had some vintage pieces. Um, and so um, literally making this up as, as I go along when I was talking to her and I was like, oh, we can do it. Uh, heirloom hat. And she's like, what's that? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. know. I can't it wait to find out myself. <laughs> so um, she had her mom's watch face. Um, remember those little old thin dainty mm-hmm. watches yeah. that the, the, the waritas used to mm-hmm. wear, the little ones. And, um, anyways, we took the watch face off and, um, her dad carried this huge silver dollar, like his whole life. And we're going to stitch that into the hat. So the awesome. silver dollar is there. We're going to put the watch face in and she's got some other wow. keepsakes that she's going to put in, but then it's going to be put into the will for her granddaughter, for her mm. hat to get passed, passed down. down. And it's going to all have all those heirloom pieces heirloom pieces and stuff so yeah that's so while you're talking all that i have one of my grandfather's hats Mm. right i'm just sitting here thinking hmm i'm gonna bring it into you because when i first got it when when he passed away i had it hanging on a frame that he had made Mm -hmm. and he made a frame out of like a tree it Mm -hmm. had like the bark on it oh wow super cool super cool and i would and he had this little on a corner that stuck out almost like that perfect to hang a hat so that's where i would hang it uh, I've moved a couple times since then, so and the frame got burned in a house fire. Mm-hmm. But uh, I still have the hat, mm-hmm. and it doesn't fit just right, mm-hmm. you know. So I don't wear it a lot because it's I have a big head. Mm-hmm. But we can stretch I, it out. I, I that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, but 
But see, every hat has, has a, story. a story. Absolutely. And then when you get it restored, then you can tell people the story. And they're like, oh, hey, I love that hat on you. And they're like, oh, fine. And let me tell you a story you, about yeah. the hat. Let me tell you about Bucho here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. See, all my hats have names. <laughs> um, it's so funny. You come into my shop and... and um, and uh, I think a lot of my followers, especially on Instagram, they know that my hats have names because I'm always all like, hey, check out church today, blah, blah, blah. Or, hey, this is wild. And um, I have Blue Elvis and we have, we have so many. I have Burnt Tortilla. And <laughs> it's so... Burnt Tortilla is... I, anybody that follows me on Instagram knows that I'm a little bit of a pyro. So I love setting hats on fire and I like do it to be like showmanship, but I'm, there's also a purpose that we burn hats and stuff. It's to uh, lay the fur down. Um, it's kind of like putting hair gel in your hair in the morning after like you shower and, or you've mm-hmm. had bedded and your hair's all over the place. Same thing with the hat. The fur is like all over the place. You want to set it on, on fire and it gets rid of all the excess fur on there when you, um, it's called pouncing when you take a uh, sandpaper and you're, you're shaving it down, shaving the fur down. So it has a nice smooth finish. Yeah. There's a lot of fur that's like still in there. That's that's stuck in between the, the different individual hairs. And when you set it on fire, it burns all of that. It lays the fur down. It kind of evens everything out and the coloring evens out. Um, and so that's what you do in, in like the hat blocking po- process. Now, after it's already been, you know, uh, blocked out later, if you you have a hat like this and you burn it, you get like marbled effect, you know, um, you get that. And those are more from the traces of the alcohol that you spray it with. Um, and it's a certain percentage of alcohol that you have to have. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, Super interesting. But and can, we, can you kind of manipulate about how much you spray on? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so like I like there's a video on the Instagram where um, I actually set my hat, hand on fire and then I touch the hat and then the hat goes on ah. fire. Um, a <laughs> lot of people like that. Head, so. <laughs> people love that <laughs> trick. I do, too, until I had this Vijita next to me. She almost uh, fell over and I had just set my hand on fire and it went like this to reach out. And the flame went over my fingers and it like burned the back of my hand. And I was like, ha, 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 oh, ha, wow. ha. Yeah. Yeah. It's so fun. So fun. <laughs> so you obviously have like a, a, a lot of knowledge mm-hmm. about hats. Like where do you learn all this about? Hats? So, um, the hat Milner is the term. Milner. The, the new age term, new age, <laughs> the new current term is hat artisan. Okay. You know, because we're hat to, artists, take, apparently. I could, you know, I can picture what yeah. that is. You say Milner, you're like a mill? Like yeah, people think that, or paper mill, yeah. um, but a Milner. Um, so the 76-year-old um, female hat Milner in London is who I learned how to make hats from. And um, very, very old school. Like London, Texas, or like no, London? London, London. London, baby. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so... Um, um, and what's crazy is a lot of the tools that are used to um, make. New oh, so phone forgot to put do not disturb on. Um, so a lot of the tools that are used in making hats nowadays um, don't don't change much. They're all still the original um, 
tools. Mm -hmm. Um, literally you have like wooden tools. It's called a pull downer. Like there's not even even nice names for these things. Okay. (laughs) It's a pull downer. (laughs) And it's the, it's the string that you put around the hat to make this crease right here at the brim. And so you're literally have this like wood thing with a little notch in it. And you're pulling the string down as you're blocking out the hat and you're pushing the string to make a 90 degree angle of the hat. And that's a pull downer. Pull downer. And then, you know, you have a brim cutter. Huh. Or it's called a rounding what is, jack. What does that do? Oh. You, t- you trim yeah. like a, a half inch off. Uh, it depends. Because there is a formula for finding the right hat for your face. A lot of people, I love, love, challenge accepted. Love when people come in and they're like, I don't look good in hats. I'm not a hat person. <laughs> First off, you're not a hat person yet. Yet. Okay. <laughs> Let's get that <laughs> out of the table. Second. Don't put any limitations. I know. <laughs> I'm like, challenge accepted. <laughs> come here for a second. And then as soon as I tell the hat formula and there's a lady and I know she's probably going to listen to this because she was adamant outside of my shop I love it she's outside of my shop and her husband it was her birthday and she knows exactly who she is (laughs) Um, she uh, was just like oh I'm not a hat person I don't wear hats no I don't want to it's my birthday I don't want to go in a hat bar and I'm not going to make anybody do yeah. anything they want to. But the husband's like, oh, come on. He's a hat guy. And he was like, come in, blah, blah, blah. So uh, she was like, hats don't look good at me. I'm not a hat person. I'm like a hat person yet. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> let's let's speak this into existence. And um, she came in. She was, I told her the formula. And if you want the formula, you got to come to my shop. Um, and then I said, if you follow this formula, any hat in that formula will look good on you. Any type hat, any style hat, any color hat, it'll look good on you because it'll be well balanced on you. Mm. And so she did. And I pulled out a couple of hats for her. Every hat. She was like, oh my gosh, I love this hat. Oh my goodness. I love, I look cute in this hat. Oh my goodness. Look. And her husband was just like drooling. Um, and, uh, he's military too. So like, I can say that I make fun of him, (laughs) but, um, yeah, she ended up buying two hats. Nice. Two hats, fully decorated and customized, branded, wow. everything. So she's a hat person. She's a hat they person came out. now. You pulled her out the hat, mm-hmm. the hat closet. I, I brought her into the into the club, <laughs> into the club. So the formula, the secret mm-hmm. formula, have mm-hmm. anything to do with like sacred geometry? Mm. No, but it is be- about being well balanced mm. and and but you just. Some people will like look at their friends and they're like, oh, she's wearing this wide pencil brim, which is like a circular hat that has the brim come up and it curls. It's a Mm -hmm. pencil curl. Um, And we have a brim curler. That's literally no exciting name for it. It's a brim (laughs) curler um, to make the curl on the hats. And uh, they'll see their friends wear them and then they'll they'll try to wear them and they're like, but they don't look good on me and they'll get really upset. And I'm like, OK, well, let's make you a custom hat made for you that balance, follows that formula and looks well balanced on you. And now you can have the hat you want, but it follows that formula. So. So did you this this um, your your mentor? You know, mm-hmm. did she just like, uh, did you find her and then you got into hats or you were already into hats and then she came along? Well, if you come into my shop, you see this picture of me when I was about five and I'm on a horse and I have my cowgirl hat on. Ah, so. What you don't see is the next picture that I have on my phone that my husband and my son laugh at. It's, uh, it's when the, uh, horse moves and I'm crying. <laughs> I'm crying, like, get me off ah. of this thing. But, um... 
it's not so much like cowboy hats that I was always into. I liked baseball caps. Um, when I go hiking, I have like a safari hat. Yeah. Um, I've had different kinds. I kind of grew up tomboyish. So um, I'm not saying like I wore a hat every day of my life, but I, I did wear a lot of I mean, hats. I mean, for the occasion, you got to have the right hat. Yeah. Um, and then that's what I explain. Everybody that comes in my hat shop, I educate them. I educate them on the process. Awesome. I educate them on hat care. I educate them on which type of felt to get. Um, people don't know what like 10X, 5X, beaver fur, wool, wool blend, all those things mean um, what the process is and stuff. Uh, so not so much the material, but the process. Yeah. And like, when do you wear these hats? Like what's the season for the hats that you wear? Some people uh, like to wear their straw hats like year round, but some people only wear them during the summer. And, and it's, and of course, Texas is bipolar. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, you could, you can change out your hats daily. <laughs> so twice uh, hourly if you wanted to <laughs> twice a day, but yeah. So so cool. So uh, when you when you met her, she did you already have like a working experience? Oh gosh, you know? no, no, no. So she taught taught you the game. So the thing is, is that, um, like I said, I like to learn one new thing a month. I learn a new skill, and sometimes they stick, sometimes they don't. Like I taught myself Mandarin, don't speak it. Uh, I taught myself how to code, don't use it. Uh, I taught myself how to play the kalimba, which is a finger piano. I don't ah, play it. Thank you for saying that. I would not have known what a clue. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little finger piano. Huh. Um, I thought I had it in my head that I'd be on this hiking or camping trip and I'd be like, instead, I can't play the guitar for anything. I've tried. Um, I've tried. I just, I, I can't. I mean, I can play a little bit. It just, it didn't stick. And as much as I want to, mm -hmm. um, Same. I, little, I'm like, Same. small hands, cabbage, yeah. circus people kind of thing. <laughs> um I just, I can't play the guitar as much as I want to. So I thought, let me be this musical creature and I'll just bust out my finger piano <laughs> and uh, be like, dee, 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 you know, and just be playing these nice melodies yeah. out there underneath the stars and stuff like that in Big Bend. I had this grand thing and it's more like middle school kid trying to like play their instrument for their first time. It's all like, dink, 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 dink. And it's just not happening. I know my limits. I still learn how to do it. And whatever I learn to do, I deep dive into mm -hmm. it. And I I go into it until I learn everything about it. And I feel like I've mastered like the whole concept of it. I may not have mastered the right. skill, but I will master the concept of it. And then the next month I'll move on to something else. So huh. I know how to do a lot of random, random things. Like I can make balloon animals. Like I'm highly entertaining. And when when I get bored and when people hang around me, they're like, where do you even do you know how to do that? And I was like, oh, that um. this like summer of 2003 <laughs> that I learned how to, you know, make balloon animals. But yeah, it comes in handy when there's like uh, women trying to get their hats done and the kids come in and I can entertain the kids. Ah, at yeah. the same time. Did yeah. You I'm like, you go pick out your hats. I'll sit here and talk to the goods. <laughs> so you have like, you're not just, what else have you done in your, you know, in your experience? Mm -hmm. Shorter list is probably what I haven't done. But uh, yeah, I mean, I was military intel uh, for the army. Uh, you know, I run a support group for veterans with uh, PTSD. And um, 
you know, I was in radio for 15 years. I ran uh, multiple radio stations. You definitely have that radio voice. Yeah. (laughs) I had, I didn't even turn on my radio voice. This is my regular voice. This is the one that you hate when you hear on the answer machine. Uh, Uh, But I have that, uh, I have that call waiting voice when I do my radio. Like, thank you for calling. Your call is very important to us. Please stay on the line and it'll be answered in the order it was received. Message M15. Would you do a commercial for us? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> I had to do my Betty Boop voice for somebody the other day in my shop. They didn't believe me, so I had to do that. That was fun. So you were Betty Boop? Yeah, I was a voice for Betty Boop for, uh, Betty Boop for five years. I had that contract and then uh, I ended up emceeing a cheerleading competition and for like four days straight, eight hours a day in a gym. And I was doing announcements like, will the blue car please move their vehicle? And then I was announcing the cheerleading. Anyways, I ended up uh, losing my voice for like a month. I scarred my vocal cords really bad. And I didn't think I was ever going to be able to speak again. Wow. Um, it was bad. Like it hurt. I, I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't even squeak anything out. You know, when people lose their voice, they can yeah. squeak a little bit. I had nothing. Mm. Um, and, uh, and after that, um, I couldn't sing certain keys anymore. Um, I can't do a lot of the character voices I used to do. Um, I used to do like Bobby's world and, and what? Betty Boop. Yeah. Bobby's world. Do you remember Bobby's yeah. world? I remember Bobby's. Yeah. Wow. I know I'm old. <laughs> we're not dating. We're not, we're not dating ages. I know. I made a reference to Slash earlier, and this girl just kind of does that thing that the dogs do. Hmm? <laughs> like, uh, I was like, never mind. It's all right. It's okay. Never it's mind. okay. We'll educate you on that. So, later. how'd you get into So, you're a voice actor? I was, yes. Wow. Okay. I only do it now for strictly for entertainment for sure. no, and absolutely. parties and stuff like that. <laughs> but it used to like it used to be your like career. Yeah, I used to when I did radio. You know, I did production. I wrote um, commercials, which you you know you heard. Um, I did. Uh, I got to voice some pilots for Disney. None of them ever took off, but wow. uh, yeah, and um, that was fun. That was fun, and and I got to do a lot of. Uh, voiceovers for friends. Um, I have my radio mentor, the guy who taught me, and occasionally I'll still call him up. He has like the, the rich voice of God, mm. and I love it. I loved it. I used him in like a, a smucker, smucker, schmuckers type commercial, like a jelly commercial. Yeah. You know that? You remember that old voice? Uh-huh. Yeah. So I had him do a commercial, and I was like, this is the style I want you to do the voice. And he yeah. did, and it came nice. out so good. Um, yeah, every once in a while, I have some friends and they'll have me voice some commercials or do a PSA for them or something like that. But uh, other than that. And so where, where were you, were you like in LA when you were doing this? Oh, you, no, 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 right no. Here? Um, here in New Mexico. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, how do you, how do you even get involved in doing that to oh. Betty Boob and Bobby's world? And- well, it's just, it just so happened that, uh, they had, oh, so the day that I turned 16, <laughs> I remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, the day that I turned 16, I walked into the radio station in Sweetwater, Texas. Sweetwater. Sweet H2O. <laughs> sweet H2O. Sugar City, as my mom sugar calls city. it. Uh, sweet H2O. The water is not sweet. Um, nope. Yeah, no. Um, I walked in there and I said, hi, my name is Becky Lee. I'm going to be your new nighttime girl. And he didn't believe me. And he made me read the obituaries. And I did. And I ended up becoming their... Um, evening uh radio host 
I'm trying to think. It, it became an uh, later. I think it was like radio DJ, and then later it became radio personality. Oh yeah. You know, and then that, and then it was like on-air talent. There's so many names talent. that you, yeah, yeah. like talent. They're the talent. Um, yeah, and but then like it's a natural progression. Like mm-hmm. you, you start voicing uh, commercials. You know, because they, there's certain companies they need a voice for that commercial with clients, and so I started doing commercials, and then. Um, I knew that I could do voices when I was younger. Yeah. Like I watched a lot of cartoons. Remember Saturday mornings had oh, cartoons, yeah. you eat your mm-hmm. cereal, uh-huh. get the prize out of the cereal. Yeah. Remember, why don't they do that anymore? That was the best part. It was sticking your dirty hand <laughs> in the box of cereal, trying to get past the Lucky Charms yeah. and marshmallows. You'd pull it out and you have like marshmallows stuck to your <laughs> hand, but you're like, yeah, I would, I used to get so mad if I stuck my hand all the way in, got the prize and it was like for a boy. <laughs> And I was like, what? What? Stuff it back. I was like, sexist company. <laughs> My dad used to laugh at me. She was like, the things you say. I always sounded like a little adult when I was little. Um, I was like the Jerry Maguire kid, just <laughs> a girl. And, um, but yeah. And I mean, I did character voices and, uh, and I would just do them on commercials. And then um, somebody, I don't even remember how, but somebody mentioned it to me and they're like, you know that you'd probably be good to do like voice acting. And I was like, huh? you mean, you mean I don't have to do the, the corporate world of, of radio broadcasting and have somebody in some big city that doesn't even live in the state tell me what music I can play and all that stuff in music charts and I can actually make money. And I'm like literally reading book. I love to read. Mm. Um, I read about 30 to 70 books a year. Nice. And so, um, and uh, to read books, yeah. I would love to narrate audio books. Uh, you, sh- I can so. But you know, because my voice goes into different accents, uh-huh. uh, you know, and I love doing character voices. Um, but when I was doing commercials, yeah, I would do. I did a lot of on hold music. There was one point my dad would laugh. He hears this. My dad called me up one time. Um, we were a little short staffed at the radio station. I was working in Abilene and I was on Power 103. I was on 99.7. So it was like a hip hop station, a country station. I was on the Christian station. I was a program director and a lot of the DJs, it was some sort of seasonal time where everybody was taking vacation. And so I didn't have a lot of people to, to make commercials, but we had to, I think it was Christmas because you get Everybody's advertising then. So I was voicing a lot of the commercials. Well, I also had side contracts where I actually was on the hold music for one of the car dealerships because I did their car commercial and then they used it on their hold music. And then I was on the Yellow Pages directory. I was that voice for that. And then I was also... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and there was a strip club. And so I did the voiceover. I was like, it's Jaguars, Jaguars gold club. Anyways, <laughs> did that one. And then, um, and then it was, um, there was a, another one that I did. Oh, geek squad. Anyways, I did geek squads, um, on hold. Um, anyways, my dad and, and when I, the car dealership, the car dealership was advertising on TV. So my voiceover was on the TV, on the radio, on their whole. Anyways, my dad called me up and he was just like, Becky Lee. And I'm like, what? This is literally how he talks. <laughs> He's like, Becky Lee. He's like, I'm going to need you to stop. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Stop what? What did I do? <laughs> and he's like, 
He was like, I heard you on the TV. Then I was on hold. Then I called information and you were on there. He said, I heard some stripper commercial and you were on that. <laughs> and he said, and then I went to the car dealership and I'm trying to get my car to get an oil change and I have to listen to you there. And he was like, Miha, I love you, but I am, I'm kind of sick of hearing you. <laughs> and I was like, I'm like, you, I'm sick of hearing myself everywhere. You know, get me some other people in, in the station and, you know, but it is what it is. But that's, you know, because things happen. And mm-hmm. You don't know why, but when they happen and things take off and, mm-hmm. oh, look at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, that's how, that's how I got into that. But um, it's been, an, it's been, an, I've had a good life. I've had a good, good life. I like, I literally, people ask me why I do dangerous stuff like alligator wrestling okay. in, in Colorado. You're going to have to talk about that a little bit. <laughs> like, first off. They have alligators in Colorado? <laughs> they do. And like I said, it had to have been Tiger's King's cousin because this was play this place was out in the middle of nowhere. It was this dude's like farm building uh thing. You remember the alligator that was in Billy Madison, one of the uh Billy Madison movies? Um, um Yeah, uh Ben uh, not Ben Stiller. No, What's that's his name? um People, you know who I'm talking yes. about. Anyways, that alligator was actually there. It was. It wasn't one that I wrestled. The one-eyed one. It wasn't one that I wrestled. It. it he was in there as part of their like showcase or whatever. He had it, and he had his own room. He was Adam a celebrity. Sandler. Yes, thank you, Adam Sadler. He uh, he had his own little spot in there. Mm-hmm. He was like the highlight, the celebrity talent, and. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Um, I, so I'm always doing crazy adventures and everybody that knows me knows I do this. Um, but I was just like, hey, what's cool to do? Oh, wait, there's alligator wrestling. I'm dumb when it comes to doing adventurous stuff. And so I'll just go in and because I the reason I'm fearless is I had a good life at any moment. I'm, I'm good with God. I'm You're good ready. with the people in my family. I can go. Yeah. I no regrets. Mm-hmm. Like my kids are good. Um, they're, they're successful. They're happy. They're older. They're out of the house. (laughs) All the good things. Um, so I'm fearless in that. And I'm like, Hey, if it's my time to go, I mean, there's really nothing I can do about it. And so if this is not the way I'm supposed to go, then I have nothing to worry about. A hundred percent. Um, I always tell my husband, things only work out two ways. It does or it doesn't. (laughs) Yeah. If it, if it does, it's great. And if it doesn't, at least you tried. So yeah. Now, you know, yeah, now, you know, so, uh, yeah, when alligator wrestling and, and the little instructions that I got was there's this little barrel that the guy had me and I'm in waders and there's these baby alligators they are only like, like this big. And, um, and he was all like, what do you want to do? You want to get on? You want to put him right here? You put him right there and you put him in the lane, ground him down. And then there and you pretty much just lay all them in and you smell pretty much. Oh, and I was like, what? <laughs> and then I just looked at him. I'm like, I'm a visual person. You know, show me. Sure. And so I saw him. And I'm like, okay. So there's very something unnatural about sticking your hand where there's a lot of, even baby alligators, like sticking your hand in there and yeah. grabbing one behind the head, like on the neck. Very unnatural because I'm like, all of his buddies are going to get mad. They're all just going to snap at me or whatever. Yeah. No. Um, so I did that. They're very strong, even the smaller alligators. Yeah. Very strong because you have to like hold them in between your knees and hold the back of its head. And it's like wiggling and trying to get out, obviously. And jaws aren't like taped. No, they're not taped. Okay. Nobody told me this. Um, not taped. Um, from that little baby alligator, 
graduated to 10 feet oh, alligators. Wow. No in between. No, like, let's move up three, five, no. seven. Straight shot. Straight in. And not into, like, a pool with, like, one or two. Went into the swamp water, murky water, because, like, he's standing in there. I didn't even know there was alligators in there. I thought he was going to teach me, like, this is how you look for them or something. Anyways, he's in there, and he said, all right, come in. And I'm like, okay, what? And he's like, what you want to do is you want to shuffle your feet uh, because you don't want to step into their mouths. And he's like, you shuffle your feet until you hit if you hit their body and you keep shuffling until you find their snout or you find their tail. And I'm like, okay. And he and I said, and then what part am I looking for? And he's like, the tail. And I'm like, okay, and then what? And he's like, and then I want you to reach into the water and grab the tail and pull him out and drag him to shore. And I had him say this like eight times <laughs> because I wasn't sure that those were legit instruction. Yeah. Like, I don't think I heard you like right because you're buddy. mumbling, yeah. you know, not enough chlorine in mm-hmm. the gene pool kind of family. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I did. I like, like an idiot. I just like stuck my hands and I pull the tail. It comes out of the water. Like it comes up and it, it's like that. Disneyland adventure ride that's kind of hokey. It's like <laughs> like that. And I'm pulling it out. And all I can hear is Will Ferrell in my head going, run in a serpentine batter. Serpentine, serpentine, serpentine batter. batter. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I'm pulling it. And it's doing this hungry, hungry hippo kind of. Oh, wow. And I'm pulling it out. Guess where my husband is? On the other side of the mm-hmm. fence with the camera. <laughs> He's getting all of it. Yeah, he's like the Kardashian mom. He's like, you're doing great, honey. You look great. And I'm just like, somebody help me. Because um, first off, alligator's skin, when you're pulling on the tail, it's like literally cutting into my hand. No gloves. No gloves. No gloves. I have waders on, okay? That's all I got. I'm protected from the water is all I'm <laughs> yeah. protected from. Anyways, pull the... Pull the alligator out, and then I'm ha- I'm holding its tail, and I'm like, I'm looking at the guy like, now what? And he's like, sit on it. And so I'm thinking if I sit on it, I'm a big girl. You know, it takes me two trips to haul butt. So um, um, I sit on it, and I'm thinking, it's not going anywhere. No, that thing... Starts like bucking, and I mean, it's it's got a lot of muscle. Yeah. Um, I totally see what people are afraid of alligators. I mean, it's got a lot of muscle. I sit on it and then I'm looking at, I keep looking at him like, and now what? Well, now what? Like, now I'm, what? I'm, I think I'm terrified, but I don't realize I'm terrified. And I'm like, now what? Now what? And I'm like sitting on it. And he's like, put your arms underneath its alligator arms and pull it back. So I end up rearing the alligator back, like up to my face, right? And its eyes are thankfully on the side because if it was looking at me, I don't know if I could handle it. Yeah. So it's up. It's the top of its head is like right here in the front of my face. And I'm looking at him like, now what? My package included pictures. So he wanted me to kiss the alligator on the top of the head. And I'm thinking, again, my husband has this nice professional camera. Um, no, the guy pulls out. Ah. Click, click. And 1980s, huh? Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And um, and then <laughs> and then I'm like, now what? And he was like, 
let go and jump off. And I'm like, what if I've made him mad? Yeah. Like, have we taken the alligator's feelings into consideration? <laughs> that would be a good time. Right. So anyways, I jumped off and he's like, whoosh, whoosh, back into the water. Um, there's more stories attached to that, but I won't get into it. But um, yeah, it was it was, wow. it was a fun experience. And what's crazy is that later after the fact, I actually went to the website. And I mean, I only looked at the first page of the website. I didn't go to the gallery. And I should have, because I'm like watching Billy Bob Joe Parker um, smiling in his alligator picture. And he's like missing a finger. And this guy over here has like a gash in his forehead, but he's smiling. And I'm like, <laughs> oh I have my all God. my fingers. And um, because, yeah, they weren't taped there. And, and when in the water and I have a video of this in the water, um, there is probably like 30 to 40 of them in there, like oh 10 gosh. foot. It was swamp water, like as far as you can see. And what's crazy is the sun came out and then they all came out on the shore. And you were just like, it was like worse than a, a clown car. It was just like, oh, my gosh, they just keep, keep coming, coming out. out. It was like they're multiplying in the water. <laughs> it was it was insane. And like after fact, I was like, you're really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> So while you were there, were there other people waiting to wrestle alligators? Oh, no. The only other people, the other people just went through the alligator museum that they had. Nobody's wrestling alligators you're except no, for this young couple that had just gotten married the day before. And I'm like, oh, you're trying to have a short marriage because yeah. you're not coming back out. And Whose idea was this? I know. I was looking and she was like, oh, I wanted to do it. And I was like, you're trying to get rid of them? I'm like... Did he sign the life insurance? Do you have life insurance? Yeah. It's done, right? Yeah. But anyways, yeah. I don't know how all that led to me becoming a hat bar owner, but it did. So. I mean, amazing, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm imagining um, you've had some struggles as an entrepreneur. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Can you talk about some of that? Like, <sighs> Well, Anybody that has tried to learn how to make hats or open a hat bar. As a matter of fact, this girl came in yesterday. It's so funny that we're talking about it. Um, she said she she had bought some branding irons and she wanted to learn how to make how to do a hat bar. And she said, but she couldn't find where you buy blanks, which is like, you know, hats that aren't decorated or anything. Um, which it's really hard to find blanks. Um, and then those hats are expensive too. Um, so she couldn't make it, she couldn't make a go of it. And she was like, and nobody would teach me how to do this. And nobody would teach me how to do that. There's a lot of gatekeeping mm. because mostly, um, when you learn how to make hats, it's because it's a generational thing right. or you've apprenticed mm -hmm. with a hat maker. Um, and you would think YouTube university, you know, you can right. learn anything on YouTube. No. Wow. No, you see these little snippets of people burning hats or it's that like montage sped up process mm -hmm. because to like make a hat, you know, one to two days from scratch or you can take your time with the different steps and take up to a week to actually just build the body of the hat and hat block it out. Um, it just depends on like what you're all doing to the hat. You know, because there's the stitching and, you know, all the different steps that are in there. There's like people see like the same basic four steps on those videos, but there's like 28 pretty mm -hmm. much like a lot of in between steps and time that you have to wait um, in between all of those steps. And uh, nobody teaches you how um, there are. 
people that you can go to and you have to fly and, you know, get to buy a hotel. But I mean, it's again, it's just about the investment of it all. And even now, um, I, I'm not the best hat maker, I think, out there. I'm not even the best hat shaper. Um, I've learned how to do it my way. Um, and, I, you know, I've learned a lot of it on my own other than the basic skills that, you know, I learned from the hat milner. But um, it's, a, it's a lot of gatekeeping. And that's what I struggled with is that uh, other than and then like for her, um, she's in London. The hats yeah. that she makes are are different type of hats. And then there's like Kentucky Derby type hats and very big decorative type hats. Like I'm picturing but, like a Mary Poppins. Yeah. Hat. And I mean, she did like fedoras and stuff like that. And I love the way she did yeah. fedoras. But um, n- n- that's not what I do here. I mean, I, I can make fedoras. Mm-hmm. I can make really good fedoras. But um, a lot of the people want cowboy hats. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and there's other places in town. I'm like, that's one of the the things that, that has made me successful is you can go to Fredericksburg, you can go to Fort Worth, you can spend, and there's oil field money here. You can spend all of that money, but not everybody in this town and in the Permian Basin has that kind of money. One, I mean, that's a long process. Like you got to spend money on gas. You got to spend money on a hotel. You're going to, if you go to one of those places, you're spending $160 for the hat by itself. Then you're paying $25 for a scarf. Then you're paying $5 per feather, $10 per letter that you get branded on. By the time you come out of it, you spent $450. i have already heard like $1,280 on a hat and it has like five things on it. Wow. In, in my shop, I have two price points, a wool blend hat that I can't burn or brand, um, but you can decorate $85 with up to five accessories, a 100% wool hat um, or 100% fur hat. Um, it's 125 with unlimited accessories. Oh, wow. So people are coming out of my shop and they have a lot more stuff on there and it, it makes them happy and it makes them excited. And then other people look at it like, wow, she must have spent a lot of money on that yeah. hat. And when they tell their friends, oh, I didn't spend that much on on my hat, I get a lot more business that way. Right. Oh, that's here in Midland? Yeah. Downtown Midland? Yeah. You don't even have to leave your backyard. Um, I do Zoom appointments. Um, so I've made hats for people in California. I've made hats for other people. I do Zoom appointments and then I, I send them pictures and videos as we're going along. Because sometimes on the Zoom, yeah. you can't really see the details. Um, so I send them pictures so that they can they can change it and then I ship the hat. But um, So you get them to do their own measurements or how does... Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, well, all of my hats in my shop that aren't custom made are adjustable. Okay. So they can go bigger or they can go smaller. And I have a hat stretcher to make it bigger. I have sizing tape to make it smaller if I need to. Um, I also even have a bring your own hat option because we have hat parties, which ladies will get in groups. They bring wine. I have a, a person that does our cheese board, Brie and Brute. Um, they do cheese boards and they they get them ordered and, and have them delivered to the, the shop. Yeah. Um, I'm so grateful for the boutiques that are in my area because they stay open when I have hat parties. So it really helps me because as I'm finishing up the hats, the ladies can shop and it kind of, instead of having like eight or nine people crowd right and watch me <laughs> and like, going, and everybody has an opinion on how this girl's hat needs to look. <laughs> um, 
which I like, I mean, I love all of y'all, but this is her hat and it's her experience. Let her tell me what she wants on her hat. She asked your opinion and I can't say anything, but when everybody tries to put their thoughts into it and I I always try to like pay attention to the person that I'm working on their hat. Um, that's the other thing that I offer. Anytime people make a hat appointment with me, whether it's one person, two people, 10 people, I close the whole shop down for you. So nobody else is in there when you're in there. That's why you have by appointment only. Yes. Okay. Um, you know, occasionally when I'm in there and I'm cleaning hats or I'm working on custom hats or something like that, I'll go ahead and accept walk-ins and I try to promote that. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, it's really by appointment only because I want them to, I don't want them to feel rushed. Everything about my shop is not rushed. It's a personal experience. It's not like the fanciest place. It's not the most upscale place. It's not the biggest place, but it's my place. Yeah. And, um, when you come in, you're hearing like 1920s music. It's very like laid back. And people are just like, okay, okay. And it's, they don't feel rushed by it. Um, they also don't have people that aren't with them or their friends or family looking over and trying to get the same hat that they are, trying to get the same accessories that they are and stuff like that. It's, hey, you know, let me and my friend, my bestie, like pick out this hat. Let's uh, us talk about me, my mom. Let's let's get matching branding uh, symbols on our hats or have them in the same location. Yeah. Or, um, hey, mom, I'll make a hat. Or even I even had a mom come with her little girls and they made a hat for grandma. Huh. They knew what her style was and they made a hat for grandma. Um, but... I also have these hat parties where they're single moms. There's moms that aren't, they want to have a hat that's branded. They they want to have a hat to do something with. They're a single mom. It took a lot for them to f- pay for a babysitter so they can come out with their friends. They obviously went out to go eat. They obviously went out to go get drinks. Um, they're coming in. Maybe she wants to uh, be a part of the hat experience, but maybe she doesn't have the the money to pull all that off. I have a bring your own hat option. It's $45. You bring your own hat and you can have the accessories you want put hmm. on it. So then they can bring it. I don't care if you get it from Walmart. I don't care if, you care if you get it from Target. As long as you get to be part of the experience and as long as you love your hat at the very end of the day when I'm done, that's all yeah. I care about. And that's the only hat like that in existence. Right. Yeah, we don't copy hats. Right. Um, to the I can, yeah, um, the hats that I make, some people want um, something similar, and I'll, I'll do it similar, yeah. but not exactly yeah. the same. Yeah, yeah. That's Often imitated, never duplicated. There you go. <laughs> well, that's the beauty of it, right? Mm-hmm. You're personalizing everything. Mm-hmm. Everything you sell is personalized, even the experience, the customer experience. So for entrepreneurs out there, that's like huge, mm-hmm. right, to create that customer experience. When somebody not even comes into your building, but what's your online presence? Mm-hmm. What's your social media presence? Mm-hmm. What's the experience already? Mm-hmm. What's the vibe? Mm-hmm. You know, then they come in, then they interact with you. And what's that experience that they're leaving with? When they leave, do they feel like, oh, that was that was unique. That was cool. That was cool. And then in some people that don't get what I did, they're all like, yeah, but you're not like these big places with like unlimited hats or you don't have this place or you don't have that place or I can go over there. You can. And they're like, hey, are you worried about this place? Um, this the they 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 make hats, too. OK. And. <laughs> 
Yeah. And I believe in community over competition. Mm, um, I like that. Everybody can do stuff, but I can do what I can do. Right. Um, you know, I'm very proud of the fact that I'm in the inventor of the concept of tap hat. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So um, tap hat is where somebody, like my personal hat that I have on right now and my other personal hats, um, you can tap on my hat and it takes you to my Facebook page, my Instagram, my booking website, my text, my basically all my contact information and how you can reach like a me. certain spot? Yeah, or? yeah. And so I can put that into anybody's hat. Like you put it in this one? Yeah. I can put it in any cap. I can put it in any hat. You can bring your hat in and just add tap hat to it. Um, and it works really, really easy. Okay. So all you do, my hats, I mean, my phone's on right there. You just... You tap against, I'm at a weird angle, sorry. Boom. See? Okay. I just tapped and there's my Facebook, my Instagram, my booking app, my text, my email, my address, my TikTok. Wow, okay. And it just it just comes up. And that's and so with- you tap on this photo. On my hat wild, you you tap on the bandana. So basically, like I can put I can make it go anywhere. Some people like cowboys will come in and they're in the oil field. They want it to be their digital business card. So they want it to go to their, their oil field company. Yeah. Um, I get some young guys in and they want it to go to their Tinder profile, you know? So if you ever are out in the club <laughs> and you see some girl and it looks like she's like smacking the guy over the head, she's probably just tapping his head Yeah. or she might be smacking his head. Um, but um, I've even had girls that that have their social media following um, in there. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't know about that. Uh, I haven't had that request yet, but I'm. I probably will. It's good. Um, I had. Um, who else? I, oh, it helps a lot for like people that do appointments because they can send me their booking link. So like nail technicians, uh, salon style people, yeah. they send me their booking app. People can tap on their hat and make an appointment with them. Um, but you know, it's a digital thing. It's, uh, me bringing old, an old concept, the cowboy hat and hats are a very, very old concept. Mm -hmm. And, um, and now we're in the digital age, the cowboy hats and the hats. And you're like the only hat bar that does that? Yeah. I'm the only person that does it, period. Tap hat is mine, the concept of tap hat. hat. Now, whether it gets picked up and used in different ways, that's a whole nother thing. Uh But yeah, the concept of tap hat is mine. Super cool. I know. I was like, I was so excited. I happened to invent it by accident one day and I was like, yeah. And then the name came out and I was like, I tapped the hat and it just went to, and I was like, tap hat. Like I invented tap hat. (laughs) I called my, I called my mom and I think I sounded like her and I said, mom, you're going to be very proud of me. I'm doing big things. (laughs) Big things. Big things. You're going to be very proud of me. I was like, I invented tap hat. She was like, I don't know what that is. And I'm like, I'm happy for you. Yeah, I know. I know. It's just like, okay. Wow. Okay. So tap hat. Mm-hmm. So you haven't even been in business that long. No, no. So what What I did was like, I started doing pop-ups and then, uh, well, it didn't even start like that. My niece is like, hey, I want to, I want to do a booth. And she's like, what can you do? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Hat bars are kind of popular right now. I can make a hat. 
And she was like, can you? And so like within a week, I ordered everything I needed to do to make a hat bar. And then I had like 11 women in an hour just like waiting for my booth. And then um, the next booth pop-up that I did, I had more people waiting. And so we were both making hats and we were, it was crazy. We were making like two, three grand in a, in a couple of hours. And even my cheap prices, like that's a lot of hats. Um, and then uh, people were like, Oh, do you have a shop or, Oh, Hey, I want to have a party. Like, can you come to our party? And, um, Hey, I want to have some friends do this. And then it ended up becoming like, I had to do appointments at the pop-ups that I was doing just so that I could get to everybody mm. because, because what was happening is I was, I was the first one setting up at you these bummers. vendors and they were people already waiting for me. And then I would like break down and, and I would be the last person there. Like the event ended like two hours ago and I'm still, and still to this day, like I was at the blue door and, and, uh, I was there way after everybody else had left and I didn't know cause they were all set up inside and I was outside. Cause I try to be, um, I, I try to be very cautious of, you know, burning hats and stuff like that. And the smell, you know, it affects people and stuff like that, or, you know, try to do everything in a safe environment. But it's, it's, it's been crazy, um, how it all blew up. And I, I tell all people on my social media all the times, every time I make a hat for somebody, I said, thank you so much. I was so honored to, I uh, thank you for letting me be your hat maker. Cause I am very, very grateful. Like these people are like happy that I, they built a hat. I'm happy. They let me build a hat. Right. You people, people, when they go to work, they're all just like, ugh, I hate to be here, blah, blah, blah. You know, these people, these uh, these wonderful hat addicts that come into my shop and allow me to be a part of that that hat story or to be a part of their lives for a moment and stuff to make a hat, it really does mean a lot to me. It it humbles me every time. Mm. I could have like six parties in a day, still humbles me at the end of the night. I'm exhausted. Yeah, for sure. But I'm humbled. Yeah. Because they could have spent their money elsewhere. For sure. Um, anything else. Yeah. They could have gone out of town. They could have gone. And some of the times they'll go to these other hat places and buy a hat. Again, don't care where you get your hat. Mm-hmm. I'd love for you to spend the money with me, right. but it's your money. You know, you worked hard for it. You do what you want to do with it. Um, and then they bring the hat and they're like, hey, I love this hat, but I walked out and went to this uh, this concert last night and there was like eight other girls with this exact mm-hmm. hat. They're like, I like the hat. I like the shape of it. And I was right. like, okay, what do you want to do? You want to change the color? Because I can change the color of hat. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm like, you want to change the color? Do you want to make a rainbow hat? Do you want to make a two-toned hat? Like, what do you want to do? What? Let's brand it. Let's. Do it. And then they come out of the experience and have a completely different hat, and it's a hat that they love. They it's know. a hat that reflects their personality. It's kind of like making a soulmate a hat version. It's a reflection of them and their personality. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. So... And that adds to the story of the hat. Mm-hmm. I, and I get to be a part of that. See how wonderful that is? I get to be a part of that. So one of the questions I don't even have to ask now, right, is like you you have that purpose, right? You're mm-hmm. inspired by what you do because mm-hmm. you do it for the love of it, mm-hmm. right? So, but you mentioned, you said something earlier. You said um, that it was a happenstance that you started the actual business, mm-hmm. but you had already known how to work with hats mm-hmm. before that. Like it was, was, so was that just like a monthly thing that you decided to learn? Yeah, it was just, you know, 
It's the thing is like if I pick up a, a trait or whatever, some things like that's how I got into ultralight hiking and camping. Um, basically, um, how I learned to do a lot of things that I that I've done that that become part of me and become part of my personality. When the, the way that I learned into picking up a new skill every month is I don't. Again, I, I used to read all the time and I was such a nerdy kid. I, I say geeky chic, but um, I was a nerdy kid and um, adorkable, if you will. Adorkable. Adorkable. I like that one. Um, I would... Uh, I would read about different things and I kept reading about the Renaissance man. And I was like, the Renaissance man is man. He can do all these things, all, you know, mm-hmm. all the situations. And I was like, well, where are all the Renaissance women? Right. And so I would, I always inspired. I was like, it's not that I could grow up to be anything. I wanted to be everything. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think I ever really realized that, but I, I could be everything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I spent one summer and I studied all these law books and I thought maybe I'll be a lawyer. And, uh, you know, I spent, uh, summers, you know, doing web design and and coding and stuff like that. And I was like, maybe I'll be a a web designer. Went to school and I was like, maybe I'll be a graphic artist. I was a pharmacy technician because when I was coming out of the military, I I learned to be a pharmacy tech and I was just like, maybe I'll study medicine. Maybe I'll be a doctor. Um, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just know I wanted to do everything. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy is that, um, you know, you talk about the struggles of of things that you had to overcome. Uh, I think because of my personality and I'm kind of silly and everything, I think people thought that I was a flake mm. because they were like, oh, you just, you did this. Weren't you doing this last week? Weren't you doing this last year? Right. And I was like, and? I mean, you're... The the people that make me sad in my heart are the people that hate what they do mm. and they do it every day and they've been doing it for like 12 years. Yeah. So tell me, who do you feel sorry for? You feel sorry for me who loves my life and loves the fact that I can, I can do everything. And that's not like bragging. It's just that it's the idea that people don't have that mindset that they can change their life at any moment. Absolutely. They can. Their life can be different. Like if you got fired today, what would you do? You would have to go do something else at the the same concept Mm -hmm. applies to not being fired. You can leave that job. Mm -hmm. You can use some of your savings and go study and do something else. You can you can continue to do your job and have an exit plan and start learning something else on the side. And when you're ready to leave your job and now you've got the experience, You you can do anything you want. People say the same thing about me with when I traveled. They were like, well, how did you have the money to travel all the time? You're always here and you're always there. You know why? Because I took care of myself and I didn't get sick. So I didn't use my sick days or my vacation days. And what I did was I added a vacation day every month to one of the weekends. So I'd have a three-day weekend and on the three-day weekends, I'd make it a four-day weekend. And so every month I would plan for that three-day weekend in another state like airfare on Southwest, you know, Mm -hmm. become a rapid rewards member, earn free travel, type that to your M rewards in Vegas. And now you got free hotels, you know, be smart about it, save up for it. And on that three day weekend, I'd be gone and I'd be doing something fun and adventurous. And then that would bring me back to recharging 
for the next month. Mm-hmm. And so I always had something to look forward to. Ah. Um, I, I, it's not like I saved my whole life or um, I waited. See, that's always also that concept of retirement that never made sense to me. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to wait my whole life and work my whole life. And when I'm old and have health issues and and I'm having trouble walking, that's when I get to that's enjoy my life. And I'm supposed to like yeah. travel when I need to ha- I need to be close to my doctor, <laughs> you know, in my hometown or I have arthritis on my legs and I can't walk. And that's when you want me to enjoy my life. And I was like, no, no. why can't you have mini retirements. Yeah. And I, I would do that. I would learn a new concept. I would create a business. I would make a lot of money and be successful. And then I would use that money and I would take time off and I would go travel. And then I would use the rest of the money and start up another one and do whatever I wanted to do. Um, people are delusional about that. Uh, you could create the life you want. Um, as I was flying to Denver, my post said, uh, don't use the, don't use the weekend to get away from your life, but uh, use it to create the create life you want. Life you want. I love that. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I think, I think the, the key to my success and I don't, my success, the definition of success is not monetary. My success. Yes. Yeah. My success is if at the end of the day, I feel like I did a good job, Mm -hmm. I'm happy, and the people walked out the door are happy. And I grew up, I'm the oldest, so I'm a very big people pleaser. Uh. And... And so it really gets to me if I can see people's face and I and I can feel their their like their emotions and the slightest little like frown in their lip mm-hmm. or the way that their eyes squint. Yeah. I'm like, ooh, they didn't like that. And I'm like, you know what? If you don't like this ribbon, we can change it. I said, it's not going to offend me. This right. is what you're wearing. Right. And they're like, OK, can we see something? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Some people are like me, too. Mm-hmm. They're like they don't want to mm-hmm. offend anybody. They don't want to rock the boat. They don't. They'd rather like suck it up and privately yeah. suffer and mm-hmm. walk away with something they hate. <laughs> and I can understand that. I've been somewhere where I've gotten a haircut and I'm just like, oh, I hate this. Oh, and she you. was like, yeah, thank you. Here, here's a $20 tip <laughs> for a haircut I hate. Um, but at the, I also am walking out thinking it's hair. It'll grow back. Yeah. That's why you wear hats. <laughs> That's how you got into hats. <laughs> so, so um, but yeah. That's awesome. So, so. Do you have any any parting words for uh, entrepreneurs out there? You said a little bit right now, but mm-hmm. so if you just address the entrepreneurs out there, tell them, hey, you know, there's gonna you're gonna come up with struggles, but if you chase your purpose, you chase what you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, I think honestly, um, the biggest thing that people need to do, you know, I I used to hate. And I used to fast forward and hate's a strong word, but I really did. I used to hate when I would watch training videos or learn something. And the first two chapters or the videos or any part of the intro podcast was about mindset, mindset. I'm like, yes, I get it. You have to have a good attitude. Like you have to be willing to, I used to do that. Mm -hmm. But once I truly learned what mindset was, the possibilities are endless. I mean, who's going to, who's going to stop you? Right. But yourself. Who's going to stop you? Yeah. Um, you know, Jacqueline Kennedy used to say, you know, nobody can hurt your feeling without your permission. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Beautiful quote. Yeah. And um, and I also live by the quote, you know, never be the reason that someone prays for peace at night. So 
Mm-hmm. You know, when you go to bed and you've had that coworker and you're complaining about them or whatever, and you're like, oh gosh, I don't even want to go. Or you, somebody's like being mean to you and you're just like, I don't even want to deal with that person tomorrow. Like you're dreading it. I don't want to be that person for somebody else. Nope. Um, I've had to speak my mind and I know that I've probably been that some person for somebody else. And I apologize um, for people that I've heard out there. But also it took me a long time to stand up for myself mm. because I stopped worrying about other people's feelings and started realizing at the end of my life, I, I'm the one who answers for whether I was happy in my life or not. And if I lived my whole life to make other people happy and waited to other, make other people, that's a very miserable life. Mm-hmm. And there's one thing to have like a servant's heart and help people, you know, uh, selflessly. And that's a great thing. But there's another thing to be uh, run over and be a doormat every day. Mm -hmm. And some people are like that. They're so afraid. They're so afraid to, um, I would say, risk it for the biscuit. Uh, You got to risk it for the biscuit. I have a lot of weird things. I like risk it for the biscuit. And I'm like, oh, my husband will say, hey, was that good? And I'm like, yeah, the juice was worth the squeeze. Uh, Yeah, because you've got to. You've got, again, nobody's going to do it for you, but you, mm-hmm. um, if you, if you say, oh, I can't do this cause somebody else is doing it. Okay. They're not you. You may have a different spin. If I hadn't done this, I wouldn't have invented ha- tap hat. Right. If, uh, if I didn't do this, I wouldn't have ran into all the people in their stories. Um, there's a lady who, um, she lost her father and, we got to bring a piece of his uh, flannel shirt in and we use that as part of the bandana. Awesome. Okay. There's a lady that lost her niece and I have my niece and she, she works with me occasionally and everything. And I'm very close to my nieces and um, she lost her niece and she was making a hat and it was her niece's favorite colors and it, and she's going to come back and finish it and she's going to get a shirt of her niece that, that would go with the hat that we could use as the hat ribbon on it. Um, I call those memorial hats, but, but I get to be part of that story. And if that is part of their healing process, had I not taken a risk on myself and, and, uh, been confident in the ability that I was going to be able to do this, I could have deprived her of a healing process, Mm. a part in her life, a little part. I'm not just saying like I was a cure all for her or whatever. Um, but I helped and to me, that's success. For sure. In a very important way, because that's, that's very um, unique. You know, who else can be able to do that, right? Yeah. You know, to provide that opportunity mm-hmm. for them to have that healing space. I believe, I mean, I don't believe in participation trophies and participation ribbons, but I believe that everybody can be a winner. For sure. You just but it define, define winning. Right. Right, right. Um, I woke up this again. I don't always think things through and I am very spontaneous sometimes. So I go hiking and I, I, I can do like a 12 mile hike or a 25 mile hike over a couple of days. And I have like a 65 pound pack on my back that I'm going through, not even be exhausted. Right. Mm-hmm. So I got it in my head. My friend's like, I'm like, Hey, what are you doing tomorrow? And do you want to go hiking? And so she's like, actually I'm doing a, a half marathon. And I said, don't tell me. yeah. And I said, Oh, really? And I said, how, how long is a half marathon? And she was like, 13.1. And I was like, oh, that's half of what I hiked last weekend. And I was like, and I'm not carrying a 65-pound pack. <laughs> the, the mathematics makes sense, right? Think about it. If I'm hiking 20-something <laughs> miles 
in like a day and then I have a 65 pound pack if I'm only doing 13 and I don't have a 65 <laughs> pound pack and I'm not saying I'm going to run it, I could do it. I mean, math works. I could, the math, yeah, math, the math was mathing. <laughs> it was mathing up. Yeah. When people don't make sense, I was like, the math's not mathing. Uh, but the, the math was mathing. And, um, I, I, so I said, Hmm. And so I looked and she was like, yeah, you get this really cool oil filled metal. Like it was an oil derrick. And I was like, and I'm a sucker for like, I have souvenir stuff. I have a patch, uh, patches for every place I've ever been on my jacket. So I have a jacket full of patches and it has like a story, you know, of all the places I've been. But anyways, I was like, yeah, and it's, I'm talking to her at like 1130 and she said, yeah, deadline closes at midnight. And I was like, well, what time is the right? And she was like, it starts at five in the morning. And I'm like, Okay. Yeah. And she was like, well, why don't you do like the little fun run, like the three mile fun run? And I was like, like what? I was like, OK, cool. Did I get the medal? And she was like, no, the medal's for only half marathon. And I'm like, no, I want the medal. It's all about the medal. I didn't train. <laughs> this girl don't run unless she's being chased. I was like, none of it. None of it's happening. Right. So I'm like, OK. And so I told my husband, hey, I just signed up for a half marathon. And he was like, what? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, Really? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, you don't run. And I'm like, yeah. And he was like, okay. Again, very accepting. <laughs> I was like, okay. So next morning I got up. I'm all excited. And I'm like overconfident because I'm thinking the math is mathing in my head. I'm like, I won't, I don't care if I'm first. So I, everybody's like running a good pace and everything. I'm all like, hey, good job. You're doing great. You're, it's good that you're here. Like, hey, yeah. we're going to do this. I'm like cheerleading all the way. Boy, I was the last one. The event ended three hours. Um, they sent a car for me. Mm -hmm. They sent a car for me to follow me. And they're like, hey, do you want to just get in? And I'm like, no. And then what's crazy is that at the very end, the, this is what motivated me. The very like last mile, there was a little sign and it said like only 15% of the entire population in the world would do a half marathon. Mm, and I go. was like, I'm a 15%er. I was like, I could be one of the 15% yeah. of people yes. that did a half there marathon. You go. There you go. And so I was like, mm, mm, mm. there we go. And so then the little car comes back like a half hour later and they're like, are you sure you don't want to get in the car? Like all the vendors have left, everybody's gone. And I said, dude, all I need is the metal on the table, the finish line still inflated, and my husband at the end. That's all I want. Mm -hmm. That's all I need. You can tell everybody else to go home. Like, don't even wait for me. That's all I need. And so I came around the corner, the last little block. I just had to run at the end of the block, okay? I come around the corner, and I hear my husband, and he goes, you go, baby, you can do it. <laughs> and so I ran that last oh, little wow. bit. I was exhausted. Yeah, I don't know, even know what time. It was like 4 or 5 in the afternoon. I had started at 5 that morning. Mm -hmm. I'm exhausted, but I ran and I crossed that finish line. And if you look at the finish line, like the pictures, I don't even look like I was sweating. I look like Off I was edge. having, yeah, like I was having the best time. <laughs> I'm smiling. And it was because I finished. Yes. I don't care that I was last. That's so awesome. I finished. I finished the race. Now, yeah. the other part of that story is my husband helped me to the car. Uh -huh. And when I sat down, that was the last time I moved for four days. I, my legs didn't work. 
And I had all my feet were covered in blisters. Like, and I'm not talking like little blisters. I'm talking like I'm walking on bubble shoes. Oh. It was horrible. Oh, my gosh. But I finished. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Well, that's amazing. It's like, you know, David Goggins. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Very similar story. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, it, it just, that's just, it's, um, it just speaks to your character and your life experience. Right. That's that's the reason why. Yeah. I, I tell my I tell uh, my veterans and I, I tell my family and I was like, they're like, oh, my gosh, what happened? They're like, something always happens to you. And I'm like, hey, it just makes for a good story later. It's a good story. Honestly, if yeah. you think about all the bad stuff, like mm-hmm. later, like in the middle of it. Yeah, oh, it yeah. sucks. It sucks. But yeah, it's a story. Yeah. But at the end, when you're telling about you're like, oh, yeah, we, we were coming down and we thought we were on the trail and this rock slide almost took us out. And <laughs> we were thinking we were going to have the helicopters come get us out. And the temperature was dropping. It was supposed to snow. We didn't have our gear. Like all these crazy wow. scenarios that happen. And my family is like, I don't understand how this stuff always happens to you. And I'm like, it's it's a probability thing mm-hmm. is I'm always doing crazy out stuff mm-hmm. out there. I'm like Jim Carrey and yes, man. Ah, like yes. you tell me, yes. Hey, we're going to, you want to go to a, a ball tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Sure. I will get a dress. Yes. Um, Hey, you know, I just met, <laughs> I just met a worm farmer on the gray greyhound bus. Do you, do you want to go meet him? Sure. Yeah. I'm like, I'm that yes person. I was like, yeah. That's awesome. Do you want to eat vegetables? No, Nah. but Yeah. Kesara. Uh so is life. So is life. Well, Becky, it's been a pleasure. It's been an <laughs> awesome conversation. We'd have to have you back to get the rest of your story. Oh yeah. <laughs> story time with Becky Lee. So how tell everybody, how can they contact you? How can they get to your shop? You know, honestly, the best thing t- for you to do is go Find on my Instagram. Tap. There's one letter difference between stalking and talking, and I live for it. <laughs> um, you know, completely stalk me. Follow me on Facebook at Becky Lee's Hat Bar Co. And uh Facebook, uh TikTok. Um, and if you ever want to, like, if you come downtown, um, it's a 11, 12, I'm sorry, 112 South Lorraine Street inside the micro market. Um, some of the times you'll just find me sitting on my stool out there cleaning hats. Just, I mean, I like, I think I just have an old soul, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. I just have an old soul or maybe I, because I've done so much, I've, I've lived like 10 lifetimes. I don't know, (laughs) but I'm like an old person. I'm just like, do do do, just cleaning hats out there filling that downtown vibe. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I just want to invite people. You don't even have to come in and get a hat. Uh, just come in and talk, uh, you know, have a chat with me. Let me educate you, uh, on what I do. So the future of stuff, I'm always having events. Um, I'm going to start opening up and have hat workshops where you learn how to make the hat from scratch with me. And I walk you through it. Um, we're doing Harry Potter sorting hats, like in Halloween, we're going to do witches hats. Um, I'm doing a lot of the Kentucky Derby events around here that we're doing pop-ups for. Um, but I'm also going to be doing a hat bar school. Uh, That's in the the future where ladies can come. There's no gatekeeping. I'll teach you how to do. I'll give you a list of my vendors. Um, I'm not worried about running out of business because, I mean, if the hat bar thing goes away, that's fine. I can still make custom hats. Yeah. I can still do tap hat. I'm not, I'm not wow. worried about going anywhere. Let's have you back when you get that school going. Oh, yeah. I'd love that. to. Let's promote I'd love that. to. Because that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, knowledge, I spend a lot of my time learning how to do things. What happens to that when I, when I die? Right. 
You got to pass it on. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm a storyteller. That's why I like sharing what I know, business knowledge, you know, skill knowledge, whatever. Let that's the only gift that I can have is like sharing that with people. Right. Because you've so. accumulated. Yeah. I mean, but where's it going to go? Right. Let it live on through somebody else. There you go. So. I love that attitude. Yeah, thanks. It was, it was great having you on, Ms. Baby. I loved for being sure. here. For sure. Well, you take care and we'll see you next time. Yeah, I love it. <laughs>